and welcome to the Two Tones. It's the official Carbon Podcast with Tony DeBolfo. Greetings, Tony. And myself, Tony Moclair. It is episode 22. Yes. The great Glenn Manton. Good call, Tony. Most impressed. And Neil Chandler wore 22, a man that came from down Yarram Way, if memory serves, and didn't play a hell of a lot of games, but three of them were premierships. Um, Are you serious? 68, 70 and 72. If he was there mind. for all of them. Uh, talk about right place, right time. Yeah. Great fellow, Neil Chandler, also. Um, I think, you know, hailed from a dairy farming family down uh, lovely end of Victoria and yeah. uh, made the absolute utmost of um, the opportunities that came his way. Was well very played, Neil. Was in his hands, obviously, with all those cows. Very um, true. You don't... You don't uh, Lucky way into a premiership team ever. Very, very so. true. Although timing is everything, isn't yeah. it? You know, right place, right time. But yes, I, I agree with, with you, what you say there, Tony. Um, you've got to be half reasonable to uh, make the cut, and uh, then to be there for the cut on Grand Final day. Well, indeed, you've made it, haven't you? And uh, you know, he was in some exciting games. Now, um, well, Tone, I was. Uh, I I didn't have the uh, the privilege of seeing this game because I was otherwise engaged on Saturday night. Hosting a quiz night at, at the kids' primary school. Uh, were you? Yes. I thought you might have snuck away to oh. the Grandview to uh, get a flash score. <laughs> no, but there, there was a ban on mobile phones, but there were Carlton supporters who were breaking that ban <laughs> to, uh, to keep me up to date with How the scores. How dare they hold a trivia question at the same time as a Carlton <laughs> West Coast oh, game? No. I was offended by heathens, that. Heathens, heathens all. But um, look, what I, what I do know, Tone, is that uh, it... You can add this to the chapter of gallant defeats of 2017, Carlton for the seventh time going into the last quarter leading. Um, you and I had, we were very optimistic about this game. I certainly was, Tony. I, I, I f- and, and I think what, what sort of accentuated my uh, my confidence a little bit was the fact that there was rain over there, which I ah. thought might have assisted the team. Yep. And looking back on the game, you know, once again, it was one of those games of uh, lost opportunities, mm. as, you, as you say. You know, again, another one that got away. I know Brendan Bolton was quite bullish afterwards in saying that, you know, the Carlton team has been in a lot of contests this year yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, against, you know, bona fide opposition teams that are probably gunning for September glory. So while it is disappointing that uh, we didn't get the, the, the chocolate, so to speak, um, Yes, it is heartening to see the team, you know, fight out these games and particularly hang in for what has uh, been a long season. Yeah. You know, there yeah. hasn't been too much joy these past few weeks on the scoreboard at least, but I think we can take some solace from the, the way the team is playing and and the lessons that I, I guess will be learned from, you know, these these close encounters which uh, unfortunately we've just been falling on the wrong side of the ledger. Uh, a couple of things come to mind with what you said there and, and all are available on carltonfc.com.au. Liam Jones in his um, post-match interview um, talked about the effort required to actually, you know, come back. He talked about what a great comeback it was and how um, disappointed the team weren't, uh, were not to, you know, prevail in the end. Yes. But um, there was also a thing about uh, Neil Craig, who's leaving the club this week, but he said supporters should be very upbeat about the, pl- the shape that Carlton is in at the moment. And you look, and you have made that point, that travel over the other side of the country, West Coast are gunning for finals, and Carlton just didn't roll over. No, very true. And, and you know, when you re- think back uh, to the early parts of the game, you know, particularly the second quarter where there was so many... 
um, very gettable shots on goal that mm. unfortunately went awry. That, that's cruel to, you know, in every game. In every game. There's just been those little moments, you know. Um, we, we won the... T- I think we won the toss, kicked with the breeze in the first quarter and uh, drew level. It was reasonably close by the first change, but I, I just thought that period in the second quarter where, you know, the visiting team had opportunity to, well, you know, nail those shots on goal, didn't take them. And, and I can remember thinking at the time, you know, these are going to come back to haunt. Yeah. And sure enough, they did. But, you know, as we said earlier, Tone, the, the team was in that contest for a long, long time. Yeah. And, you know, you take, Josh Kennedy out of the equation. You know, you know, six goal haul from um, mm. Senna Ford. What a great game he oh, played. Don't, don't, I know, I know, don't, I won't go there. Anyway, but um, but, but it, a very interesting article in the Herald Sun yesterday uh, about how West Coast enjoy the rub of the green more well, so than any other team. Well, look, oh, there's no doubt about that, and and I mean the same uh, was suggested by I think the Richmond coach down at um, yes yeah and, and and the statistics back Pro- it up back they it up. definitely back it up in the case of West Coast to uh, like a, a margin that is mind boggling the uh, Blaine Boykhurst goal <laughs> it was uh, a fair goal wasn't it, it it was it was you know through heavy traffic uh, it was it was Betsian in its audacity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, we, we won't go there either, Tony. But however, uh, I, I dipped my lid to Blaine Bokus. That was a, that was a fantastic goal. And, um, you know, there's a fellow that um, I, I guess was ideally suited to the, uh, the big open spaces yeah. uh, at, um, in, in WA. And um, that was an ex- outstanding um, individual passage of play, wasn't mm. it, to, to nail that one. A real a real team lifter. Um, I, I and, thought it was and, been, and put Carlton up. Well, it did. You know, it was a pressure goal at a reasonably critical point of proceedings. What a shame we couldn't go on with it. However, um, these are little, you know, these little glimpses that we see, you know, of, um, uh, of our young, young troop of players, are, are, I think, is, is what's sustained all of us. You mm. know, it's, it's just been so heartening to see... Uh, the individual brilliance of some of our younger players uh, on show. Speaking of which, Tone, um, the continuing journey of Jared Pickett continues to uh, thrill. Yes, and, uh, you know, I noticed uh, with interest that um, Jared was used up the field and uh, really took advantage of the opportunity um, to use, you know, he's, he's... you know, so quick off the mark, you know, and uh, and his capacity to break tackles, I was mm. quite impressed with, you know, and he, he's got tricks. Um, just a, an exciting player, you know, and when you think, Tone, that, you know, he, he really hasn't had a, a reasonable go at it since his career started um, up, up north, uh, just through injury. I think he had a bad foot problem, mm. if memory serves. So he's only just starting to find his way back. But what we've seen these past couple of weeks is, you know, an individual flair and and, um, and a real pizzazz that Jared Pickett has. And, again, there's another player you mentioned that um, who has an exciting uh, career uh, ahead of him. And um, um, that's going to be equally exciting for supporters watching on because mm. um, he's got that X factor, no doubt about it. 
the the journey of Blaine Bokehurst, who we just uh, talked about, then you can you can go to the Carlton uh, website, CarltonFC.com.au, to vote on whether or not that should be goal of the year. Um, yes. Because the person who kicked it is wearing a dark navy blue jumper. I would say it has to be. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, the journey. Can we talk about the journey of Blaine Bokehurst? How do you see him? Um, where he's come from and where he's going. Well, it's taken him a little while, hasn't it, to sort of find his feet. He's a, he's a you know, he was taken, uh, as we all know, uh, relatively later on in, uh, in terms of draft terms, you mm. know. Um, um, and I think that was uh, the call of, um, of uh, Mick Malthouse at the okay. time. Um, uh, so, you know, he's a player that's still probably trying to find his feet. Um, uh, 23, he should be really starting to come through, shouldn't he, as a, as a um, yeah. bona fide senior player. Uh, look, been heartened by his recent performances. Um, you know, he has an opportunity, I suppose, to finish off the season now on a, on a good note, and that will hopefully uh, put him in good stead for, um, you know, the pre-season and uh, beyond. So um, when it's all said and done, Tony, I think we look back on 2017 as the season in which... Um, our youth really started to emerge, and mm. um, you know maybe you could put Blaine into that into that category, even though he is slightly older than the the Charlie Kernos and the Jakob Vieterings of this yeah, world. Yes. So, um, but but yes, we look on with with promise and um, and much anticipation, Tony. Um, the games of Samo and Jack Silvani. Well, again, Jack, you know, two good goals. Um, uh, you know, fluff one. Uh, memory serves that you know did hurt us at the time, but backed it up. Um, a smart player, Jack. We've often gone on record saying how um, what a heady player he is. You know, he's got real nous for a, for a kid that's only really starting out mm. in his his playing career, and um, he's a player that just seems to be getting better with every game that he plays. Petrovsky, Seaton, I, I just I think with Samo, it's just the poise that he has. You know, one of those players that. Seems to have forever to mm. get rid of the ball. You know, you think of players like Reese. Uh, you know, the hero of '87. Oh. We often think of Reese as having you know half an hour to, to yep. get rid of the ball. You just seem to float across the ground. And um, I love the way Petrovsky Seaton plays. Um, he doesn't panic when he's got the ball. He's clean the contest and invariably he uses a footy to Carlton's advantage. And it's you know, just keep reminding myself that he's a kid that's come from you know the top end, you know, the, up the other far end of Australia, and um, hasn't had a pre-season. And here he is, slotted into the midfield, and um, and has taken all before him, and, and looks at home. And it's it's staggering when you think how capably he has played in, sh- in such a short period of time for Carlton. And um, you know, he's going to be part of the of the machine for a long period of time. I would suggest Tone. Well, you'd have to just give an enormous thumbs up to um, the recruiters there who wow. spotted that talent and, um, better still, got that talent to, can you imagine moving all the way from the Kimberley to here? It's staggering, isn't it? Yeah. It's staggering, you know, they're just the, the cultural, you know, and uh, environmental and sociological upheavals yeah. uh, that he's had to... And he seems to have done it with a with a plomb. But in mentioning the recruiting, Tony, I, I was thinking about the recruiting earlier, and you have to say, if you reflect on the past two years of Carlton's recruiting, um, they've made every post a winner. You know, they have not made a bad call. Uh, Again, it won't be long before they're stepping up to the plate again. I'm sure they're going into the next draft, you know, having, uh, you know, uh, exhausted every avenue and every line of inquiry. We will watch with interest to see how um, um, Mrs Silvani and and, um, 
Brody and Co. fair in the uh, draft this year because um, you'd have to be confident that they're going to get top end talent back into the uh, back more top end talent into the club just as they have done these past two years. I, I'm going to just go and make a blanket statement here, Tony, yes. as a supporter. That uh, I think few things have engendered more faith in the club than the the resurgence in. I don't know, our fortunes in recruiting yes. and getting sauce back and to seeing the the quality of who's been recruited and the fact that we know these players are going to be around for a long time. Mm. Um, I think uh, nothing signals to the supporters more that the club is fair income and, and uh, you know, a new order has taken over. And I, I think it's a great point that you make, Tony, because every supporter I've spoken to, um, they um, understand... They understand the the narrative here. You know, they understand where the club is going, what it's trying to achieve. They appreciate that there is direction, yeah. and that this is part of a you know a, an organised, controlled plan to take Carlton forward. And um, I think collectively, uh, what the supporters are saying is in Bolton and Sauce we trust. Yes, and that's and that's exemplified by the way these young blokes are playing and. That's got to be good for Carlton. I'm into that. Before we get to a um, an important retirement from the club that definitely needs to be acknowledged, uh, three two ones. Three two ones. I, easy job for me this week, Tony. Yep. I've gone for the old, old firm, so I've gone for Bryce Gibbs with one vote. Excellent. I've gone for Mark Murphy with two, That's and amazing. I've gone for well, my early, early call for the John Nichols Medal, the great uh, Matthew Cruz, uh, uh, three votes. What a year he's had! Oh, that was uh, that rattling you heard was uh, me um, fisting the air. Because I thought it was I your just, loose change. No, no, I just love Matthew Cruiser. <laughs> now, um, uh, after almost two decades of service with the AFL, Carlton's directing of coaching, development, and performance, Neil Craig, yes. uh, former coach of the Adelaide Crows, and has been a loyal servant of the Carlton Football Club. He's departing to sunnier climes. Yes, uh, and a great football person to be. Tony has had a long time in the game as a, yep. as a player in the Sandful and, of course, as a coach in a variety of places, Adelaide amongst them. And uh, I just happened to catch up with Neil uh, earlier before we came on here and he, he mentioned that he was staying on in Melbourne. I, I thought ah. he may have gone back to uh, yeah. the city of churches, but he's yep. quite happy in uh, in um, uh, Melbourne town. And um, I told him, you know, I said, you know, it is a good place, and yes. sooner or later the you crow eaters come around to it. So, well, I think uh, Stephen Kernahan obviously got that memo as yes. well. Speaking of sticks and the team, the eighty-seven team will be there at uh, uh, Etihad Stadium this Saturday, seven twenty-five PM. Carlton v Hawthorne, a reunion of the eighty-seven premiership team. Thirty years on, Tony, who would have thought? You know, I'm sure it's going to be a bit cooler uh, uh, this uh, time around than it was Grandfold Day '87. Oh, it was yes, thirty-two was... in the shade. Yeah, the day that Michael Tuck wore a short sleeve jersey. Yeah, I that. always thought we were half a chance when I saw yeah. Tucky running around <laughs> in short sleeves. But uh, the good news, well, you mentioned David Rees Jones, and you got the Norm Smith that day. He got the Norm Smith that day. Um, Rees uh, was in the club uh, late last week. I caught up with him, and uh, a question was put about you know the Norm Smith, and he said, "Well, I'm so glad that I won the Norm Smith yeah. because if I hadn't, I'd be forever remembered as the most reported <laughs> player." So it was a fair comment he made. Uh, I will say, Tony, that. Um, uh, I believe there's only one apology. Uh, Peter Dean, who I think has coaching commitments up in northern Victoria, oh. won't be able to get along. I, it's my understanding. But the good news is that Mark Naley, yeah. uh, who who actually wore long sleeves into that game just to um, for that psychological oh, edge yeah, over the, the jaded Hawthorne outfit, has had he's battled his own health problems the last twelve months with uh, a, a series of surgeries on a brain tumour. 
uh, I'm told he'll be there. Um, so it's a great thing that he's coming across and um, loves Carlton nails and um, what a player he was for, for the club in 1987, a great year for, for Carlton and for football. It really was. And if you get there, you can get uh, one of 1,987 uh, Stephen Kernahan bobblehead dolls. Very nice indeed. Very nice indeed. Uh, yes, that will be snapped up. Uh, they, they will be snapped up, I'm they sure. They will be collector's uh, right. items indeed. All right. Um, well, thank you, Tony DeVolfo. Pleasure, Tone. Love the chat. And uh, get on down to see Carlton, as I said, 7.25pm, August the 19th. Carlton v Hawthorne at Eddie Had Stadium. Carlton's last home and away game for the season. This has been The Two Tones. Thank you to our producer, Grace, and we will catch you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.